Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm going to be behind the productivity because I'm going to share with you some of the thoughts that I've had and worked through over the course of the last few weeks, last few months even, in terms of unpacking what I have learned and what I have done to implement deep work when it comes to my own life. If you haven't gone back and listened to the Cal Newport episode, or even Amy Blankson talking about intentionally using technology, or even Leslie Samuel when we were talking about productivity versus social media, and even recently Rob Hatch when we were talking about having ownership and creating systems and discipline. All of those have been kind of intertwined in my mind. I don't just record and produce the podcast. I listen and learn from it as well, because I'm always trying to level up my own game. By the way, one of the best things that you can do to level up your game is to take a look at Seth Godin's Alt-MBA workshop and see if it's right for you. If you're looking for a workshop that's going to truly challenge you, that's not just watching videos, that's not just consuming content, but actually walking you through actual practical actions and experiential learning, Seth Godin's Alt-MBA is for you. Four times a year, they produce the workshop and bring together two groups of about 100 to 120 leaders. They split you up and mix you up so you meet with a bunch of different people from all over the world, different countries, different cities, freelancers, as well as people from businesses like Slack, Kickstarter, Tesla, Warby Parker, that caliber of person. Is it challenging? Yes, of course. It's Seth Godin. But is it worth it? Totally. There's a 7% completion rate for most courses. This one has a 96% completion rate. They're accepting applications for their upcoming sessions right now. And to find out more and even apply, all you need to do is go to altmba.com slash beyond. And you can even get special consideration if you go to that address and mention this podcast in your application, letting them know I sent you. Again, that's altmba.com slash beyond. A-L-T-M-B-A dot com slash beyond. Check it out and see if it's the right move for your next leveling up in your life. So I've gotten a lot of great feedback recently about these recent episodes in terms of deep work, in terms of technology, using social media versus being productive, and dealing with distractions, staying on task at the right time. And I thought, like I've done in the past where I've talked about creating different setups and systems and routines in terms of last fall, last winter, when I was trying to create a deeper well of energy for myself by getting more sleep, I thought I would walk you through some of the things that I've been thinking and doing in terms of creating pockets of deep work space for myself. So what I've noticed, <laughs> and speaking of sleep, what I've noticed is that I am much more able to stay in the deep work mode when I get into it if I am well-rested. That should seem very obvious to you. I know it seems obvious to me saying it out loud. However, sometimes truths need to be stated out loud to be clearly accepted and adopted. You would, you know, just like other truths along the way of if you move more and eat less junk food, you will have a healthier body. 
We all know this. It's just the implementation of it and how much do we want it and what are we willing to set up infrastructure-wise to not just rely on motivation, because that comes and goes, but to rely on discipline in order to get us through the moments when we aren't motivated. So I've decided that my day starts in the morning, and it really does set my tone for the day by having a solid morning routine. And I know this is not new. This is not obvious, but it is a good reminder because honestly, I have set up a number of times and recalibrated even my morning routine. I am not the only one out there. Seasons happen, tasks and roles shift, things change, and we need to shift and recalibrate with that. For example, right now at the time of this recording, it is much more light out earlier in the morning now for me. So it is easier for me to get up in the morning. And so I have been. I typically get to bed between about 10 to 10.30 these days and get up between about 5.30 to 6. And I hydrate immediately, lots of water. And I set myself up for success by putting my clothing and walking slash running shoes in a place that as soon as I get out of the bedroom and go downstairs to the downstairs living room, I can put those on, get my let the dog out, get myself ready to go, and either go walk outside because it's nice, or head over and maybe hit it a little harder at the gym on a treadmill. And just get the blood flowing, the blood pumping, and get some sun and get some hydration. And by getting those three things first thing in the morning, I am breaking out of the rut of, okay, I woke up, I'm up, what do I need to do? I think I'll take some me time this morning. And, and I've been there, and you've been there, you know this. But by consciously deciding that one of my goals for this time, because I'm closing in on turning 40 uh, ne early next year, I'm going to get down to where I need to be health-wise, uh, weight-wise, get up to where I need to be health-wise, I should say. And that is a goal of mine. And so what I'm doing is I'm doing the work. I'm putting in the consistent daily effort that brick stacked on top of or next to other bricks that will build the solid wall of one, habit, and two, discipline, which then makes it easier to take that discipline and move it over to yet another area of my life. In the past, I've had people on this show that have talked to you about hitting work hard first thing in the morning, getting a chunk of stuff done, eating that frog, getting that high priority thing done first thing in the morning. And I've been there and I've done that and it works for me. It also works for me to do that highest of priority thing in my life right now, which is to optimize and break the crustiness out of my brain by, again, hydrating, getting physical activity, getting sun, and then I'm more primed to even do better. So I will still shift. I will still do that you know, first thing in the morning thing that I've got to get done. That's the most important thing. It's the highest of priorities. It's just not the first thing I do. It's the first thing I do after I get warmed up and primed, and then I'm ready to do those things. So I'm not necessarily doing the monk mode morning. However, I will tell you this. As I am doing my walking, I am either listening to inspirational or mood-lifting music or listening to a podcast that is either entertaining to, again, lift my mood or educational of some sort. 
So I am still taking advantage of that time to prime my brain while I've primed my body and my spirit and everything first thing in the morning. And I should mention uh, stretching as well. So because, again, stretching first thing in the morning, it's preparing in, in the same way that I'm preparing my muscles to do some work. I'm also stretching my mind and my mood for the day, not necessarily to be reactionary, but to be optimized and optimistic. So again, I know we've had people on this show before that have said, you know, I will, I'll clean out email first thing in the morning, or I'll sit down and I'll do this thing first thing in the morning. And again, that's great. And there have been seasons in my life where that's exactly what I need to do. In fact, there's a season coming up where that's probably what I will do. But again, I will probably lock in continually this habit of taking care of myself and priming myself first before I head into doing work. That's just me. I always have felt better in the seasons looking back that I have done what I am doing right now, which is to get up immediately and get out the door and get busy doing something for myself to make myself feel better physically, mentally, spiritually, all at the same time. I strongly urge you to do this. But ultimately, it's about what works best for you. I know some of you out there cannot afford the time first thing in the morning because you have young kids at home or certain things like that. And again, it's now summer. My kids are done with school. They don't have to go anywhere. This is why I'm driving this discipline home for me right now, locking it in all summer long so that when it comes time to be darker in the morning, first thing, and I have to get up early to go do this thing when it's colder out and have to go to the gym and take that drive there and back, I'm already used to it because there will be more resistance to it at that point, but I should be able to just blow past it because I've already made it a habit. Rob Hatch and I talked about this a little bit back in his episode recently. He had to get up early and work for a couple hours because that worked best for him. He also sat there those first few hours in the day, the ones where he's gotten ready for the day and is now entering the workday. Even if he did or didn't get up early before anyone else, those first few hours were incredibly productive for him because he was doing deep work. He put things in place so as not to be interrupted. For example, phone calls, texts, emails, etc. If there was a specific thing that needs focused work for, he made that the most important task of the day, and that's when he would do it. And that's what I'm saying to you, is I have found that while my willpower slash deep work muscle is still not what it should be, it's becoming stronger than it used to be. And I'm really happy with the progress that I have made in that area. And again, I think getting proper sleep, getting my stuff together, the night before. It's not just about a morning routine. It's about the evening routine that sets up the following morning's routine. And then it's about that morning routine setting up your mid-morning routine or mid-morning expectations, etc. I really liked talking about the attention residue that happens when we are switching from thing to thing to thing to thing all day. We are still consciously thinking about all those different things. It's like if your hands are sticky and you're going from one thing to the next to the next and you've got paperwork and it's all kind of sticking to you and you're trying to move from thing to thing and you become less and less effective as you go because you've not blocked off that time. I am finding that blocking off that time and, and going monk mode morning where I don't let people know, hey, I'm around 
I don't dip into email necessarily other than to quickly see if there's any type of fire that needs to be put out. And most of the time, there's not. And by knowing what it is I need to be fully focused on and to enter in that time of focus and to use one of my secret weapons, which is music, which specifically for me is the Focus at Will app, which if you've never listened to that episode, there's science behind the music from Focus at Will that helps kill that flight or fight mechanism in our brains. And honestly, this is exactly what is helpful when it comes to deep work because it can soothe or ease that forgetfulness about other things that then suddenly pop into your mind. Rob Hatch talked about this as well in terms of meditation, where it's not about blocking stuff out completely. It's the ability to have a thought drift into your mind, but then appropriately know now's not the time for that, but to then take that thought, acknowledge it, and then move it aside and even collect it without too much attention to it in a place that you know you will then deal with it later. He talked about having a pad and a paper to quickly jot down distractions and then funnel those things away quickly so you don't forget them later. And they're not any less important. They're just not as important as the task at hand that you've set aside focused time for. I was already doing that, but I'm now more consciously doing that when I'm in my focused time by having a pad of paper nearby that's closed and I can turn over, flip it open, write the thing down, close it back up and shift back over to pushing to completion the thing I have set out the time for focused work to do. Speaking of having things close at hand, so phone proximity was one of the other things that I talked about with Amy Blankson when we talked about using attention and intention while using technology. And just having the awareness of the relationship that we have with our phones and our devices and the fact that if it's within arm's reach, part of you is thinking about what could possibly pop up on it. I use an Apple Watch, which is a pretty strict paring down of the amount of notifications that I can receive. You can even put it in do not disturb mode, and, and that's a psychological trick that can help you realize that you're operating in a different mode. But speaking of technology, like I try to put my phone on a charger in the house and then just have my watch on me to respond to a text or a call when I'm in winding down mode in the evenings. Not having the phone on you, but still being able to check the time or the weather quickly or even respond to a text or even a Slack call, depending upon, again, the predetermined boundaries that I've allowed to be set up for myself. Having those can be very helpful to keep you from feeling like you need to be fiddling with your phone. How many times have you went to go do something on your phone and gotten lost and then forgotten what it was you even swiped or pressed buttons to open it up for? I'm raising my hand right now because... I have done that way too many times. And so what I've done is I've paired it back and I've even tried to limit what I am using my phone for. I really admire Cal Newport's ability to not even be on social media and the addictiveness of social media, especially in a tactile way on our phones and tablets is something I've become much more aware of, especially uh, with my kids. So now when I do engage with my phone, I'm using it very sparingly, just like Leslie Samuel and I talked about. 
he moved social media completely off his phone. Well, I didn't do that, but I did move all my social apps into a folder and moved it to the second screen. Not having those apps sitting front and center makes that temptation less readily available. I know it's still a couple swipes and taps away, but by adding in that friction, that extra effort to have to go through to get to it means I'm less tempted when in a moment of non-dedicated social time. That along with leaving the phone out of reach has become extremely helpful. So I want you to think about this for a second. What can you do to analyze the relationship that you have with your devices? Take a moment, think about how often you're reaching for your phone. Maybe you don't have an Apple Watch. I'm not necessarily suggesting that you get one if you don't have one. But if you do have one, I strongly suggest, and you probably already figured this out, or whatever type of device that you have in terms of a wearable, and even on your phones and computers for that matter, do an audit of your notifications. Set up those boundaries. Make sure that you have a way to block those out at the right times and even an understanding and new agreement with those in your life about where and when you are reachable for what reason. This is critical in order to have that time to focus and complete work. Back in the late fall, I did a series of episodes dedicated in different angles on getting better sleep and keeping your health in check, winding down in the evening, using less screens, doing more board games and books. We're kind of trying to do that here at my house. And again, this is one of the reasons why I like talking about productivity, is the fact that in certain seasons and in different times of life, even in the same year, what works for you for one time of life and one time of year may not work all throughout the rest of the year. What we're trying to do now is have a winding down time in the evenings where we aren't doing laptops or tablets or TVs or phones or screens, that we are doing board games and we're doing books and we draw the shades so that the sun, even though it's out even later now than it ever was, we start to close that down and have that light be less available and less around in the evenings in our homes so that we all start to wind down sooner. And by doing that, we are setting ourselves up to be able to more easily slip into sleep quickly so that we get good sleep, so that we can be fully rested, so that we can, so that we can end our day well, so that we can start our day the next day well, and so on. I guess overall what I'm saying is, is I have been re-evaluating, recalibrating, and making changes in my life based off these recent past episodes when it came to Dr. Michael Bruce with the chronotypes and the timing and the rhythms, Sean Stevenson on caffeine and screen curfews, Cal Newport with deep work, Amy Blankson with technology, Leslie Samuel with productivity versus distraction on social media, and Rob Hatch on systems and discipline. And you can start to see how it's not just about a to-do list. It's about being beyond a to-do list, hence the name of the show. You start to find that by going down all these different tangents and paths away from just traditional time management as the be-all, end-all of productivity or being organized, that that's just simply not enough. And it's also not enough to just be motivated 
Again, it's about discipline and it's about choosing what you're going to be disciplined about and starting with something that you can continually be consistent with, like I'm doing. And that by doing that, you are again laying bricks next to bricks and on top of bricks to build something stronger than, and that something is you, building you stronger than you used to be to level yourself up. I would love to hear from you specifically where you are struggling when it comes to productivity. I would like you to give me feedback. I would love for you to head on over to the show notes for this episode at Beyond the to-do list.com slash 176. And in the comments section, I will be looking for you to leave me what it is you're struggling with in terms of anything that I've talked about in this episode or in past episodes or something that you've never heard me talk about and want me to get somebody to talk about or have me talk about on a future episode. Again, I would love to have your feedback. That would be at beyond the to-do list.com slash one seven six also level yourself up by checking out seth godin's alt mba workshop you can do that by going to alt mba.com slash beyond that's alt mba.com slash beyond and if you'd like special consideration when you apply go ahead and mention the name of this show beyond the to-do list in that application to let them know that I sent you. This is an intensive leadership and management workshop designed for you if you are someone who wants to level yourself up and make a bigger impact. Go check it out. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I will see you next episode. Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.